the Steve Dangle Podcast with your hosts, Steve Dangle, Adam Wilde, and Jesse Blake. What if I told you that Pierre Maguire was hired by the Ottawa Senators this week? If I had told you that Sunday night, what would you have said? Oh, uh, I can because Gulley can ice the puck. <laughs> you might have said that's going to be the number one story in hockey this week. Wrong. Easily. What if I told you, oh my God, hey, Duncan Keith is going to be an oiler this week on Sunday night. You'd have been like, what? Oh man, it's two days ago and you're probably right. Number one story in hockey this week, probably. No, wrong. No. What if I told you Suter and Parise got bought out on the same day with identical contracts? Adam, respectfully, I would tell you to take a hike. You would say, Adam, if that even happened, that would be the biggest story in hockey for an entire week minimum. None of those stories are the biggest stories in hockey. There's one story that you have missed, you did not know about, that is happening now that is the biggest story in hockey. Jesse Blake. Uh, If you follow us on Instagram or if you subscribe to our newsletter, you would know that yesterday we released our first ever Dangle Navy hockey jersey. It dropped in our shop, and we almost sold out of our entire inventory. Already? Just off that small group who got the no- notifications from uh, those two places. And if you weren't a part of that group, this is now you know. Now you know that they're available right now. So we're only able to produce like a set amount before we got to send them off to the manufacturer because they got to know how many to produce and to put all the names and the numbers on them. You do get your name and your number on the jersey. So, um, we're going to have a cutoff time by the time we got to send them off. So you got to get your orders in and it would be really cool if we sold out of our first pressing. That'd be awesome. So yeah, this is your chance. Hit up stpn.ca. Get your dangle Navy hockey jersey. Oh, 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 oh. Baby. I love it. I, I love it. Wait. I honestly can't wait to get this thing. It's going to be That's, fun. It's going to be so cool. So and we're these putting, are, and we're putting the special. C on Steve's jersey. Ah, <laughs> hell yeah. So, so these are special too, right, Jesse? Because they are, they have the, do they not have the insignia? Do they not have the special? On the logo, there's a little first edition little thingy on it. So yeah, it'll be cool. Neat. No, <laughs> neat. No, I, I like say. it. You're going to get a jersey for free, which you're definitely going to wear for the next decade because it's free. And you're not, you're, you're not kind of pumped about the fact that it says first edition. Doesn't that matter to you hockey doll folk? No, first of all, hockey figures. Second of all, Jesse, turn up your mic. Third of all, <laughs> I don't think I've ever, I don't think I've ever worn a jersey with a C. Really? Mm. I don't think so. And mm. certainly not one with my name on the back. I know some people do that. They make themselves the captain. Mm-hmm. And I get it. But captain of the Dangle Navy, I, I am honored. I am honored. And if it ever goes south... You know, I have to go down with the ship. That's right. That's, yes. that's well. my role. That's my role in all this. <laughs> it's the responsibility that you take on willingly. Now, I absolutely, I do, do want to say um, these jerseys are super cool. And that's why you want to be like your grandmother and sign up for a newsletter. I know it's like the last thing that anybody ever thinks to do. But definitely in this case, do it because we've got exclusives coming all season long next year as well. Uh, who knows, maybe even more this summer. And you find out first if you're signed up with the newsletter. That's why. That's why we yeah. want you signed up. There's also a brand new Adam Wild mug in the store. Oh, is there? Yeah, we're always updating little uh, little parts of the shop. So if you want to get a mug with Adam Wild's giant face on it, you can do that now. It is a big face. It's a big face. Steve, what are you looking at? You've tuned us out already. Yeah. My wife, who I thought minutes was into the show. Out, is home. 
Okay. So I was I was concerned as to who was in the basement. Did you? Uh, oh, she gave me the finger. Okay. <laughs> Did you put the door? You guess you didn't put the door up, eh? No, <laughs> not yet. Is that door ever going to go back on the studio or? Well, it might have to wait until after I'm done shooting all these trade trees, Adam, because oh. today I shot the first one out of the bunch. How many do you sh- have? Uh, like how many have we already done or how many are we going to do? How many are you going to do to, to satiate us this summer? 10. Woo. So like once a week. <laughs> oh yeah. Beautiful. We're going to bank them so I can go on vacation. Admittedly, mm-hmm. there are going to be some where you're like, Steve doesn't have a beard anymore or something like that. Um, but no, we're, we're going to bank them. And, um, um, should I spoil it? Should I spoil what the first one is? Do it. Know. Do it right now. Tease it. Give me, give me 80% of the first one. Iggy. Iggy oh. That's all I'm giving you. Well, that, Iggy, that there's a big reason why the, that jersey's uh, in the shadow box right now. My Team Canada signed by Jerome McGinley. Also, I just I had to give back the Habs jersey. It wasn't mine. So Okay. Well, that's good. I'm glad, yeah. I'm glad to hear that. Um, hey, so uh, big, big news in the NHL. I, I did mention it. Yesterday, we saw a double buyout. And I don't think we've ever seen, we haven't seen too many contracts that are exactly the same when they're signed. And even less, I, I mean, I don't know if we've ever seen this before. I'm sure Sportsnet stats can tell us. But for the first time, I believe we saw two identical contracts bought out on the exact same day. They were signed on the same day. They were bought out on the same day. And those are Parise and Suter from the Minnesota Wild. Now, there is a lot to unpack here, but... You know, $15 million in dead cap uh, is the number in a couple of years. You know, this year they're going to, you know, they, they, they get, gain a little bit. You know, it's only going to cost them $2 million bucks or something like that. The next year it's $12 million. The next year it's $14.74 million or something like that. And that's for two straight years. So you imagine a team trying to compete with $15 million in dead cap for two straight years. I don't know what prompted this or what started this. But it's a very interesting subject to get into. Now, first off, I, I think before we get to all of that, Stephen Dangle, mm. you have had uh, an axe to grind with the Minnesota Wild organization for a long, long time. And One I'm just, just wondering, I couldn't get past. can you stop hating them now that these two albatross contracts, although honestly, Suitors wasn't really that much of an albatross. Not yet. Can you, can you stop... Can you stop hating the Minnesota Wild? Is it possible for you to find forgiveness? Oh, yeah. No, I'm done. I'm done. <laughs> Uh, because I, I never in a million years, by the way, Suter and Parise only finished the first year of their contracts when this podcast began. That's how long we've been doing a podcast. And that's how long those contracts were. They still had four years left. Each of them. It, it was wild. I saw a clip of ours where we were talking about the Minnesota wild and those deals specifically where we were talking about those deals being half done. That was three years ago. And they still had four years left by the end of it. It's they're they're unbelievable. And the idea that Parise was bought out, like you said, not that wild, not that Minnesota even, <laughs> but Suter getting bought out at the same time, same day. Shocking. I never would have imagined that in a million years. And that is why, you know how I vaguely and, and I'm going to tie this to the Canucks. I've vaguely been like, you know what? I think Jim Benning is good at some aspects of his job. And that's why he should be fired because he's been there for so long. And sometimes mm-hmm. you just need a fresh set of eyes. Mm-hmm. 
The Minnesota Wild bring in a fresh set of eyes with Bill Guerin. He's got no allegiance to those deals. He didn't sign them. He doesn't care. So he was able to actually see the bigger picture from the Minnesota Wild, what they're going to be for the next couple of years, what they're going to be in years three and four. And he said, you know what? The best choice for my hockey team is to buy these two out. Doesn't matter if you agree with them, but the guy who signed those deals was never, ever going to do that because it's an admission of failure. But that guy's gone. He's long gone. So Bill Guerin's the one making the tough decisions. And I got to say, I admire the the... The big brass ones, as Elliot Friedman put it. Yeah, I think that a lot of credit needs to be given to Bill Grant for what he's doing because he's really just he's taken everything from the old era and just gotten rid of it. If the the names that he's uh, since not Matt Dumba, not Matt <laughs> no, Dumba, not Matt Dumba. We'll in, talk about that in twenty three months. He's traded Zucker, Eric Stahl, and Devin Dubnik, and then he didn't bring back Miko Koivu, and then now he's cut ties with Parise and Suter. Like that's just he he came in here and he saw what worked and what didn't. He's been here for long enough, two years, 24 months. And you see, OK, these guys are the leaders and it's not working. Maybe the locker need, the locker room needs a change and needs to go over to the young guys. So we need to get rid of the old guard. Like as long as Parise and Suter and Koivu were here, Garen clearly felt like there would never be a change in the locker room. And hockey's such a locker room sport, you know? There's so much made of, hey, these guys get along together. And if, and if he felt like it needed a serious culture change, this is cutting ties. So credit to him and, and going to like Craig Leopold, who clearly signed off on the original deals and being like, hey, we need to do this and getting his own to actually convince him and be like, hey, here's the freedom. Go ahead. I'll pay all of these millions of dollars to no one uh, to play for my hockey team. Well, and Craig Leopold was the owner of the Preds before he was the owner of the Wild, which is why Suter moved from Nashville to Minnesota in the first place. The thing that I don't I, that I want to ask you is, is that I think everybody can kind of a, can see why Parise was bought out. Everybody gets that. Far past right. his best and not worth the seven point. What was it? Four million like dollar cap. It like just, just not worth it. Yeah. So and and we thought you know when these contracts were signed, nobody thought hey they're going to be full value contracts all the way through. No. Uh, but, but the argument made those, they might get those, some time when those eleven and twelve year deals were signed. A lot of people said yeah, but they'll be retired by them, and all these players didn't retire. Mm-hmm. So they just kept going. And it'd be worse if they retired because then there's cap recapture, which hangs yes. on your books even more. Yes. So <laughs> so let me ask you this, okay? Can't move Parise. You know you got to buy him out. Explain Suter to me. Because when I look at Suter's stats, when I look at the way the role he plays, when I look at what he brings on the ice, this guy's still a top four defenseman in the league. And maybe he's not worth the contract that he is being paid for anymore. But tell me how he's worth 7 million, or sorry, I, I guess a million in ca- dead cap space this season, and then six the next year, and then seven the next two. How does that make sense? And I, I have a theory, but I wanted to ask because I, it, beyond my theory, which really has no basis in anything, I, I don't understand that. So there's, there's a number of factors here, and I've, I've extrapolated a lot. There was a, a, a five-minute, 10-minute chunk from 31 Thoughts especially that I extrapolated a lot from. So Nick Letty, and I promise I'll get back to the wild. Trust me, it all relates. Nick Letty with the New York Islanders, $5.5 million cap hit, 
Um, a lot of people were comparing him to Duncan Keith because the Islanders are making him available. Wait a sec. What the hell? Why did you go out and get Duncan Keith at full rate when this guy was available? And Duncan same, Keith signed for two years. It's et cetera, et cetera. So the same, the same has been said for Suter. Why did you simply not go out and get Suter? Well, one of the things that Frege said on the show is, would there be teams out there, and, and I'm paraphrasing, would there be teams out there willing to go get a guy like Nick Letty? Of course. Of course. Is it a little rich? Yeah, maybe. Could you finagle it somehow? Maybe there's some retention. Maybe this, maybe that. Yeah. Yeah, maybe. But how many teams would be able to acquire Nick Letty and then protect him? or acquire him, protect him, and then not lose someone who they want to keep in the expansion draft, right? Seattle. Oh, <laughs> oh my God. Well, I, I was looking at their situation, and they're not going to lose anyone. I'm not sure if that's good, the good news or bad. Like, I couldn't tell. That's how bad Can the situation is there. not to use all of their slots? Can they just be like, hey, everyone's unprotected? <laughs> it ain't Take good. whatever. <laughs> it's yours. It, it ain't good. We are going to bring them up, by the way. Sorry for bringing them up early, but we are going to have a se- segment on Buffalo. Of course. So there's Nick Letty. The, the other thing there with Suter is Freed said he, he, based on what he knows, he does not think Suter would want to play in Canada. He's a big hockey USA guy. He's an American, et cetera, et cetera. Now, separate from Frege, I have heard similar things. I don't think Ryan Suter would play in Canada. I don't think he wants to play in Canada. The no-move clause was a big deal because why didn't the Wild simply expose him? Expose him in the expansion draft. They can't because of the no-move. But they could have asked. They They didn't didn't ask. That is confusing to me. Right. Because I assume, based on that conversation, hey, like, surely the Oilers knocked. Surely Ken Holland at least picked up the phone. Surely. Surely. Surely, But not. Also, if you see a guy with a no-move clause, NMC, next to their name, and they don't play for a Canadian team, they don't want to play for a Canadian team. Brian Burke already said that. The 99% of guys in the league have their no moves almost specifically because of Canada. They can't afford the pay cut, uh, et cetera, et cetera. And like, I mean, if you're a guy like Tavares, it's fine because Toronto's home. And this is where you're going to build your home forever and ever. Ryan Suter doesn't want to do that. I have a very difficult time believing he was never asked to waive his no move clause. Now he might not have been asked recently. He might not have been asked, hey, can you waive it for Seattle purposes? Can you waive it for trade purposes? But I'm willing to bet over the years, at some point he was asked. Remember, there was an expansion draft a few years ago where this could have been addressed with Vegas. And I wonder if his answer remained the same. Different GM, though. I wonder, different GM. I wonder if he was boisterous about it. Um, because there were, again, there were little allusions to butting of heads with leadership, Suter and Parise and Miko Koivu. Again, this goes back to what Jesse said about the old guard and moving on from that. I think that's a very healthy thing for the Minnesota Wild. I think this is Bill Guerin going, you know what? I'm not going to be able to trade this player because this player won't let me. So I'm going to do the one thing I can do buy him out 
It does seem odd that you wouldn't just ask though. I don't, there's no getting around that. Even if he sat in the dressing room, if he screamed at the, screamed it at the media, if he tattooed it on his chest, you still should ask the question. Now, this is a guy who just hung up on his GM though. Okay. Uh, so he was mad. He got bought out, but call. Cause he didn't want to leave. Right. right. So you, but it doesn't mean you don't call them and ask. There are, I just, I, I assume, boy. I assume Garen knew the answer. The but answer you was still yes. call and you still ask guys. I still try to explain. We need to keep Matt Dumba. Perhaps you're right. Now, what we've talked about on the show, especially recently, is no move clause. Forget all that. It's it's basically a I am choosing where I want to get traded clause. Sure. For some, it is actually a no move clause. I'm willing to bet it was a no move, no move clause. No move clause for Ryan Suter. He didn't want to go anywhere. So Bill Guerin did what he could and he bought him out. Adam, what was your theory? Uh, my theory is that uh, I think Steve, I guess, alluded to it. I didn't get a chance to catch 31 thoughts today. Sounds like I might have been somewhat close. It seems like there's a personality issue. And I'm not talking about like somebody being a bad person. I'm talking about a difference of where this team is going. And it seems to me like even even if all of what Steve said is true, I mean, you, losing Matt Dumba would be unacceptable. You can't, you just cannot lose him. Um, but if if I think there has to be more to this, are you telling me a team wouldn't make room for a guy like Matt Dumba? I'll get rid of someone else. We'll take him if you want to trade him. Uh, if you can't move Suter, uh, there has to be something on a personal level here where Suter and Wild management did not get along. I have a galaxy brain theory. What is it? Galaxy brain. So Minnesota's in like a truly unique situation. They're getting enormous cap relief this season. Mm -hmm. A little teeny bit of cap relief the next season. And then they're getting demolished three and four years from now. Mm -hmm. For three straight years. 12, 14, 14. Right. That is when they project the cap will likely start to go up. So that will help with a little bit of relief, but still, oh, you're still going to get like hammered like 10 million bucks against the cap. What if Bill Guerin and the Minnesota Wild, this young, exciting Minnesota Wild team who got a sniff mm -hmm. with their first round series against Vegas, they, they got a great chance to evaluate how good they are, how close they are to winning a series, maybe winning a few, you know, and they project that they're going to be better. What if they absolute balls to the wall? Go for it. Absolutely a thousand and billion percent go for it for the next two years, especially this upcoming year, knowing full well, last dance style, but obviously completely different context, knowing full well that three years from now, they got to tear this shit down. They, they got to go right. They got to go. And that's when you trade Dumba. When he's done his prime or at the tail end of his prime, that's when you trade a player like him or a player like this guy or a player like that guy. Spurgeon, maybe. I know he's the captain, but. That's a great you know, name. That's, that's a, a big contract, right? It's a big contract. They've written in stone the core of this team or a couple guys. Kaprizov, they're building around him. No question. 
Yeah, to a lesser extent, to a lesser extent. Um, but Kaprizov, who supposedly going to get an eight-year deal, and Erickson Eck, who just got an eight-year deal. The other little tidbit that we heard is the Minnesota Wild, and Bill Guerin specifically, want Jack Eichel bad. Can I just say, it's not the craziest strategy to go in there and pluck Jack Eichel away from a vulnerable Kevin Adams, have him for a couple years, absolutely go for it, and then when he still has plenty of value, trade him. I think it would be extremely, extremely interesting to see the Minnesota Wild go for it, maybe even get a star at the level of Jack Eichel, Mm -hmm. and then whether they win the cup or they don't, c'est la vie, you know in a couple years you're going to have to make sacrifices. Surely, so you're you're saying, you know, surely uh, you, you at least approach Ryan Suter. And I'm saying, surely, based on the situation Bill Guerin just put himself in, he understands the situation he just put himself in. Mm-hmm. And the situation kicks ass next year and the year after but sucks three and four. And you can sell those guys and get young players. Right. Cost less. Cause people it's are talking about all this deal situation as it looks. No, like people if are talking about the cards. Minnesota wild. He has to play his cards. So people, I saw people say, Oh, well this means Minnesota's rebuilding. No, it means they're going to rebuild. And, but because of the young pieces they already have, they're not going to have to rebuild. They're going to have to retool. Big difference. Now, Steve, I think I think you're onto something there. I think that's really smart. Um, I I want to know, and that and that makes the suitor buyout make a lot more sense because even if even if you if he um, even if he waived for the expansion draft, you know that he's not getting claimed. So um, you know, still having him isn't really helpful to them if they want to go get Jack Eichel. The one wrench I would say is, what if Kaprizov doesn't want to sign? For eight years. I know we've heard rumors that that's what's been offered, but what I haven't heard is him and his agent say, we're interested in that. And remember, this, he is a unique situation because he can say, fuck off, I'm going to Russia. Right. This is the very interesting thing. Surely Bill Guerin has an idea of the direction the wind is blowing. Surely. And if I was Erickson Eck, I'm in a good mood because you just gave me millions of dollars for eight years of my life. But if you didn't tell me this might happen, I think I might be in a bad mood. Why? Because what the... Dude, I just committed to eight years of this team and year three and four, we're going to suck? Well, and he... But here's the good thing for Erickson Eck. He accepted longer term, lower AAV, makes him more tradable. You know, if, if they do have to trade somebody... If they are retooling and he's going into his prime, so he's 24 years old right now, by the time this bad cap situation kicks in, he'll be 26, 27. He'll be at the prime of his value. The cap will be going up and contracts like his will be hard to find. Uh, Guys that can play first, second line minutes for four and a half million or whatever he's getting. I mean, that's not the worst. That's not the worst contract to take on. That's a valuable deal. 
can I extrapolate again from uh, Russo and Friedman, who both did excellent reporting on the story? So, so I haven't been able to read Russo, and I am dying for Russo, the story because oh, I've read little snippets. It's great. So in there, there's a there's a conversation between Garen and Parise. First, he tries to call Suter. Suter doesn't answer. He calls Parise. He tells Parise he's going to be bought out. They have a long discussion. Then Parise calls Suter who answers the phone, who just didn't answer his GM, but instead answers Parise. Parise gives him the heads up on what's happening. Uh, Suter, he calls Garen. Garen gets Suter on the phone. He tells them, then Suter hangs up on his GM. So all of that happens. And Elliot, Elliot also um, talked about how the relationship between um, Suter and Parise in the locker room, how they're the leaders of that team, and how Parise is kind of taking a step back because his play, he's been a healthy scratch in the playoffs. His play hasn't been that great. His, um, he's taken a step back on the ice and off of the ice. But Suter's still kind of the leader in the locker room. So just extrapolating from those couple stories, I look at the situation. I say, these two are a package deal. You have to get rid of these two guys together. You couldn't have one stick around and expect a full change if you're going to keep one or the other. So I look at that and I say, they got rid of these two guys. That helps the negotiations with everybody else there. Because you tell Kaprizov now, this team is yours. You're here mm-hmm. for eight years. We got rid of the two guys who are the two loudest voices in this locker room. Now this team is yours. Here, eight years, join us. Minnesota Wilds, face of the franchise. You're here. Everybody knows you're now the best player. If you want to take a leadership role, that's your thing. There's space for that now. So I think this is just going to help the negotiations. And Eck, too. Like he, Now he's probably... Super happy that, hey, now there's freedom amongst, amongst this team. We can build our own thing going together. And these next two years when we're going for it, like I'm going to be around here for that. So I just if, think it's going to help. If I was Kaprizov's agent, I would turn that around on you. And I would say, so you need us. Yeah, and here's so all now the you need in us. the world. So what we're going to do is shorter Love term. So when, the contra- so, when, so when it's harder on you and I'm closer to UFA, now I'm going to charge you more money. I no. think Kaprizov, if he's smart, signs for three years. <laughs> he could. Like, that's crazy. And he and could. here's the thing. He'll be the face of the franchise anyway. Well, and Garen is unlikely to do something that will piss off Kaprizov. Mm-hmm. Sure. So I got to think he's at, at very least indifferent, potentially even pleased mm-hmm. that this happened. The worst situation to be in in the National Hockey League is to be a team that sucks by accident. Mm-hmm. The teams that suck on purpose are at least that's rebuilding. If you stink on purpose, you're rebuilding. If you stink by accident, you stink. Yeah. You're a second round Vancouver Canucks team that finishes last in the division. Oh, that's not stinking, Adam. There's, there's, there are higher standards for stinking. (laughs) Trust me. I cheer for one, but the Minnesota wild get to plan when they stink. Most teams don't get to do that. And they might not even stink three years from now. Like Bill Guerin has three years to address that issue. And when the issue arrives, he'll be able to stare it in the face mm-hmm. because he's, been, he's known that it's coming. He's known that it's happening. And how long is the window years. anyway? Usually three right. to five years. Who knows? Right. For the next two years, though, Bill Guerin might have taken a look at the Tampa Bay Lightning, who have, who, listen, were playing with a different deck. They weren't cheating, but 
everyone else was playing with an $81.5 million salary cap, and the Lightning were not. <laughs> That's the long and short of it. Mm-hmm. The Minnesota Wild are playing with a higher salary cap than everybody else next year. That's the truth. Mm-hmm. That is a great situation. That is the sort of situation that allows you to catch the league completely off guard with some really interesting wrinkles in the league. We're, we're not even going to pay attention to the expansion team who's about to come in and gobble up a player from each and every team in the league. Bill Guerin might be stupid like a fox and watch out for the Minnesota Wild next year. Don LeCision, you're about to have a very good season. I don't think that uh, anybody thought Bill Guerin was stupid. I think it's just hard to see sometimes the force through the trees. I don't think anybody thought, oh, those are the, those guys are pieces of the future. The thing I'll say with Parise, too, is I know he'll, he'll get picked up by somebody real quick. And I wouldn't be shocked if it's two locations. Number one, Islanders, Lou Lamorello connection. Lou loves his guys from Jersey. Loves his Loves guys. his guys. Okay. And number two, Vegas. Remember, he went to the cup final with Pete DeBoer. So, you know, those are good opportunities for him. And he probably doesn't care what kind of money he signs for because whatever. Right? Merrick. Merrick brought up a great point. What's that? Ryan Suter played his best hockey in Nashville with Shea Weber as his partner. So Montreal, eh, you know, maybe, maybe. You know who coaches the New York Islanders? It's Barry Trotz. Mm. Who was that the coach team, of who? He is the coach of the New York Islanders. My friends, can I just say, can I make it, can I make a suggestion here? So I think the Minnesota Wild, who are already pretty good, are gonna absolutely a hundred thousand percent go for it. Right? Mm-hmm. They're gonna a thousand percent go for it. The New York Islanders have been to the final four for each of the last two seasons. Mm-hmm. Parise and Suter are often a package deal. We know Lou wants Parise. Because remember, there was that failed trade deadline deal a few years ago that involved Andrew Ladd, I believe. Yes. Yeah, remember when, when that was all confirmed and then they had to take it back? Exactly. Why so, did they have to take that back again? What happened? Because the contracts know. didn't line up. The, oh, they they the submitted money. the money wrong, I think it was. It, yeah, it was. Yeah. Hey, so this trade's illegal. So yeah. anyway. <laughs> The Islanders, who have been to the Final Four for each of the next two seasons, could acquire Parise and Suter and go to the Stanley Cup Final next year, make it out of the Eastern Conference, make it to the Stanley Cup Final, where they will face the Minnesota Wild. <laughs> oh, man. I How like good that. would that be? Good story. How good would that be? It'd be a good story. It'd be a real good story. Uh, maybe they'll beat the Toronto Maple Leafs on the way there. I mean, who knows, right? We couldn't We couldn't have it all, could we? Uh, if they make the playoffs. It's, uh, it is funny. Uh, just kind of breaking that down yesterday and looking at the, the cap seats. But you know what? Now that you put it that way, Steve, and I know that Minnesota's got some pretty good young prospects coming up. So they may not be as worried about drafting. And also, I mean, they got to – Buffalo's got to get some young, close to NHL, high – caliber talent for Jack Eichel you think so maybe they do have the bullets I don't know their system well enough but maybe they do well and part of the reason um you buy out uh Parise and Suter as Elliot mentioned it's not just for some reason Dumba got picked on yesterday and it's because Minnesota's had to make deals to protect him twice now I I hate the Twitter narrative that comes out of any deal you know it's always just some cheap shot and one-liners and it's like okay look at the details of what actually happened and the reporting and the actual contract and the the team at large and don't just take shots at Matt Dumba because the team likes him 
it was ridiculous. I, I didn't like that he got picked on. I did like his Instagram post. It's literally like gorgeous cottage country lake two golden retrievers in the water and just the caption have a blessed day i was like i'm fairly certain this is what heaven looks like in in this photo but it's not just dumba it's also nico Sturm, who elliot friedman brought up minnesota man they they got some really good players a lot of them are on the right side of 30 even the right side of 25 Mm-hmm. If you're an athlete, I, I, I'll say it one more time, just so the point is driven home. The Minnesota Soda Wild are about to 1 billion percent go for it in the 2021-2022 season. And Bill Guerin might look like the smartest man in hockey. Okay, we'll see. This also, be if, you bet on, if you bet on futures, like all of this is saying that the Seattle Kraken are going to have a great shot to make the playoffs next year. And you might want to put down some money on, hey, Kraken's making playoffs 2022. Their division is ass. I think I think I saw Justin Bourne tweet something like, if you put down uh, if you put down twenty bucks on the Kraken winning the cup, it returns three grand. Nice, <laughs> <laughs> man. You got twenty bucks in your couch? I'll do that. Yeah, Vegas was two games away. Yeah. yeah oh, Jesse, heck, right? three. Oh, Don't be ridiculous. Bad. Don't be ridiculous. <laughs> Don't be ridiculous. Um, are we going to talk about Keith at all? Because I know we already did. Yes. Okay, good. Yeah. Well, first off, I, there's I, I an just extra wanna... wrinkle there. Yeah. Well, the cap recapture, right? Yes. So if Duncan Keith retires at the end of this coming season, the Oilers will gain $3.3 million in negative cap space. Something like that. It's a little, it's, it's so people instantly go from Ken Holland's an idiot to Ken Holland is a genius. Well, and and it's an extreme version of something the Leafs had a few years ago with Jared Cowan. Remember all that? Oh, that was bad. Yeah. They buy him out and there was a negative cap hit when they were asked, but then there was a positive cap hit when they were good. It was, it was very confusing. Um, But if Keith plays next season and then retires, imagine the Oilers win the cup. This situation could happen. The Oilers could win the Stanley cup. He, he goes, you know what? Not going to get much better than that retires because he's not making any actual money anymore anyway. And then the Oilers as a going away gift after winning the cup, get three and a half million dollars cap space. Ken Holland will look like a genius and, and the Blackhawks would absolutely be right for asking for a lot because as the podcast on OilersNation.com pointed out, who knows, maybe this was negotiated into the deal. Right. And the Blackhawks gain cap back. So yeah, they have the, 5.5, right? The 22-23 season, they get a 5.5 cap hit and the 23-24 season, they get a $2 million cap hit. Oh, penalty. Cap, cap, penalty. penalty. Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. But I was like, wait, what? Like uh, like what Luongo did in uh, with Florida, when he retired in Vancouver, it cost Florida money or cap space. So I mean, <laughs> why does it work this way? I don't know. I don't understand who even came up with the concept. It's bizarre. I don't think that works. I think with the new structures, it doesn't work like that. But now that these old contracts are coming up, we're starting to see it, right? The NHL collective bargaining agreement created by the makers of Mario Party. Like it's- who the who the hell who the hell came up with? You know, you friggin' Yoshi falling off a brick, and you, Mario Mario all of a sudden gains all these coins, and you fall off a cliff. I don't understand it. It, it um, doesn't make any sense. I uh, I also want to shout out all the people in my DMs after last episode who said really really nice things after the DM I got about the Duncan Keith deal. I wasn't even asking for that, uh, and a lot of people, unlike you two, thought it was pretty funny. So thank you very much. Uh, Divorce jokes for the win, baby. Let's go. Jesus. 
Um, Make no mistake. It's extremely funny. Okay. But too close as to your the, friend, uh, I'm not allowed to laugh out loud. Okay, fine. <laughs> well, our podcast listeners came out in droves. I got like, I'm not kidding, like hundreds of DMs from people going, hey. That's very kind. Yeah, it was really cool. So thank you. I didn't, I, you know, I appreciate it. Again, it's a stranger. Don't worry about what strangers think about you. It's none of your business. But, uh, but I do really appreciate you guys saying that. And it means a lot. Thank you so much. And let's move on to somebody that Steve is in love with. And I can't quite figure out why. Like, I get the player. Again? But the number it's going to cost to get the player is, I think, a lot. Hit me. At least for the Leafs. Mm-hmm. Gabe Landeskog. Now, what? the Avs and Gabriel Landeskog. <laughs> you think you, my name's Drew? Huh? <laughs> Do you think my name is Drew? You put it in the group message the other day. You're like, oh, that'd be great if Hyman doesn't sign. You said that. You. Yeah. Oh, Yeah. Yeah. But and he's going to be more than Hyman. He's going to be far more than Hyman, which yeah. is makes me sad. I'm just okay. Saying, fine. So you so you said what I thought you said, right? Oh yeah. You like like Atlanta's cog. If he wants like eight mil or whatever it is that he's asking for, no, not in a million years. And that's what they're saying. Eight to nine million dollars for Gabriel Landeskog. Oh, and the abs obviously don't seem to want to pay that. But he like, okay, you're a one. Gabriel Landeskog is a wonderful leader. He's a good defensive player. He's a decent offensive player. He ain't Miko Rantanen. And he's looking at Miko's deal and going, I want that. And I'm here to tell you, no, that is far too much. Now he's going to unrestricted free agency, right? Mm -hmm. You get paid. I'll say what I've said several times. Guys who are UFAs looking for the big payday, I'm sorry, but the world decided you're screwed. And by screwed, I mean, I mean, not compared to most people, you're going to be a millionaire no, uh, no matter what. Mm-hmm. But the payday you were going to get two years ago simply isn't available. So why not? Why not take millions of dollars from the Colorado Avalanche who really genuinely cannot be that far away from winning? cannot be that far away from winning they're further away without him they absolutely yep. are you're totally true you're totally right there sign with colorado gabe it would look wrong as a as an external fan if you went anywhere else and you have such a good shot at winning with colorado you've built a life there i don't understand why he would go anywhere else and he's been the captain since he was 19. 19 yeah like stevie eyes of an age Mm-hmm. Yeah, a decade. It's, it's a very, it's a small group of guys who were captains at that age. Steve Eiserman, Jonathan Taves, maybe Sidney Crosby. I don't remember. It's, McDavid it's very, was twenty. Yeah, it's it's real. It's a short list, man. Yeah. Man, um, I remember interviewing Connor McDavid and asking him if he was going to be captain of the Oilers, and then him going, "I'm not going to answer that question." And then, did and he actually then, say uh, that? Yeah, he actually said that. And then my producer went up to me afterwards. He's like, you know, maybe you shouldn't have asked him that. I'm like, why? Like, why? why? And, and then uh, and then a week later, they named him captain. Was I, this for Channel ah! One? No, it was breakfast television. Oh. I interviewed him live. And uh, it was on, it was remote. Like it was a Connor McDavid golf tournament or something like that. So I asked all the questions that you want to ask about the golf tournament first. And then I asked, the last question was, are you going to be the captain of the Oilers next year? I remember that. that that's, I forgot I'd even interviewed him. But yeah. That's and then a week later, literally. Okay, was what were the words literally 
I'm not going to answer that question. It, they were, uh, it was, you know, it was a, it was basically like, it was like a, yeah, I'm not, not going to talk about that basically, which is fine. I was totally cool with it. Like I didn't care. I had nothing to lose. The interview went well. I was going to say if his actual words were, I'm not going to answer that question. And you did everything you were supposed to do with the golf and then got into sports. That's rude. Oh, I don't think that's not rude. You. But no, no, no but he rude. didn't use those words. Uh, as your friend, I was ready to go to bat. But he didn't. <laughs> I, he didn't I so kind of cool. expected that. It's sort of like, you know, sometimes you got to ask questions that you know the answer to, or you know that you're going to get a non-answer for. Yes, you do. And I had to ask the question. As the and captain like, of a Canadian NHL they, team, you'd think you'd be prepared for that. But well, the producer, they came, uh, they they were like, well, listen, this is breakfast television. Like, it's not sports now. Like, we, you know, whatever. I'm like, it's Connor McDavid. I got to ask the question. <laughs> so I did. Uh, but that's, did that's bad happened. feedback. I don't know who well, the producer was, but that's bad feedback. It's, it's a okay. I just, now I'm just kind of remembering that. Yeah, Connor McDavid, 20 years old when, when he w- became captain. So here's the thing is, is Gabriel Landeskog going to get $8 million a year on the open market, Steve? Boy, I really don't think so. I really don't. Um, again, it, if he takes a short deal, maybe. Uh, I mean, long deal, $8 million wouldn't make any sense. Uh, he's one of those guys who's he's been young for so long that we forget how old he is. Yeah, he's close to 30, is he not? Right. So term doesn't really make sense. He's 28. Again, I just, dude, like take, God, like what, what are they offering you? Seven? Take seven and win a cup in Colorado. Like have a really good shot. Like I was talking to uh, Drew, who's, you know, uh, producer Drew, resident Colorado Avalanche fan. And he's like, well, maybe he'll go to St. Louis because him and Ryan O'Reilly are friends. Mm. And I'm like, he thinks the place to win in 2022 is St. Louis. Who's like, okay, you, you put him on the St. Louis blues right now. They're closer to the cup. Yes, absolutely. No argument for me. Don't they want it? Doesn't Tarasenko want to trade? Well, he hasn't been a big part of the blues the last couple of years. Yeah. Because he's been injured, which is why he wants to trade. Yeah. Cause he doesn't trust their medical staff anymore. I, I don't know. I don't know. I, I told Drew, I go, listen, you as an Avalanche fan are not used to dealing with this horse shit. I'm a Leafs fan. I am. He's posturing. He's trying to get as much money as he can out of the Colorado Avalanche, and that is where he will end up signing. They have a Gabriel Landeskog-sized hole in their cap and on their roster that Gabriel Landeskog can fill. A lot of teams don't have both of those things. The Avalanche do. That's where he's going to end up. The money will eventually work out. Avalanche fans, don't worry. Chill. One thing I wonder is if they're asking him to take less than Nathan McKinnon. Because McKinnon makes 6.3, which is... Which is the best contract in the league. Which is $6.3 million below where he should be. It should be like 12. So... I wonder if Eisenman or Sackick is in a tough negotiation with him right now and is saying, hey, you can't be making more than the best player on our team. You're our captain. Take like six. You didn't say that shit to Rantanen. Well, I think yeah. there, I think it's a different negotiation. I think Landeskog, he's a he's a point of game player. Like he's you're getting somebody who you can guarantee is going to put up the numbers. You're going to get player. a great leader, obviously, uh, captain. But it's not he's not Rantanen. He's not McKinnon. 
he's not he's not Kale McCarr. He's in terms of the 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 performance on the ice. He's probably number four on the team, number and five you, even. Could you not make the argument too that some of those points are boosted by the fact that Rantanen and McKinnon are there? A hundred percent. So. Do you you probably asking him to take around that McKinnon number? And he's probably saying, no, if I go somewhere, I'm going to get seven million. So why am I getting that up here? Fair to him, too. That McKinnon deal was signed a long time ago. And if I were him, I'd be like, I don't fucking care what he what he valued himself at at the time. I'm this now. Yeah. So do you not go somewhere else? I mean, listen, I'd love to see Gabriel Landis Cog skating around with the Anaheim Ducks. Just for something weird. That is one of the teams where it's like weird. You always go, oh, yeah, they played for the Ducks. Do you know what I mean? There's like some certain teams where you're like, oh, they played for that. They played for the Ducks, Rangers, sometimes the Leafs. I need the Ducks to do something to make them relevant this (laughs) offseason. Boy, they're underratedly, they don't take enough shit. They're bad. Where does making $8 million for Gabe Landeskog in the league make sense? Like, as in the team isn't handcuffed by that deal. And I can't find a team. Tampa. How is he going to make $8 million in Tampa? Because mm. he can. Anybody can. Yeah, they'll figure it out. Well, that's true. <laughs> Just yeah. sit Stamkos for the year. I mean, I mean, they probably could, like we said. But what I'm saying here is that, like, in all honesty, let's say we're playing, we're playing the non-LTIR game, guys. Mm-hmm. Is, there a, is there a team where $8 million for Gabriel Landis-Cog makes sense and they're going to win? That's not his job. His job isn't to figure out the contract structure of the rest of the team. His job is to go out and get as much money as he can. Well, that's his agent's job. And, true. and then his job is just get money. You know, go sign a contract. And if he if he wants to win, then you re-sign in Colorado. Like, that's it. But if you just want to go get money and get a $7.5 million payout for five years, go somewhere else. Somebody will give it to you. GMs just hand out money all the time. Puckpedia. Gabriel Landis Scott. Ah, his agent is Peter Wallen. You know who I was Not looking Darren for. Ferris. You you know who I was looking for. <laughs> Gabriel Landis Scott going back to Sweden. Bullshit. <laughs> nope, 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 nope. Oh, wow. He's such, wow. This agent has some very, very good clients. Victor Hedman, who signed for less and ended up winning. Imagine that. Uh, Jonas Brodeen, Elias Lindholm, John Klingberg, Marcus Pedersen, Ricard Raquel, Jesper Bockwist, Mario Ferraro. I, I don't, Italians. I don't know why I say Mario. I do. I know I'm wrong. I'm sorry. Uh, and uh, Timothy Lilligren. Oh, and th- he is a busy bee this offseason. Very busy bee. He's got a bunch of free agents, Eric Gustafson, uh, Matthias Janmark, but Landeskog is definitely priority number one. Guys, my instinct tells me he, uh, they're just playing hardball with the Avs. That's where he's going to end up. Or they'll end up signing Zach Hyman, and he can pass the cup to Nazem Kadri when they win it. <laughs> and I will, I'll just burn all my leaf things. I'll just burn them all. I'm, I'm this close to doing it anyway. That'll do it. Jeff Skinner has agreed to uh, waive his no-movement clause in Buffalo. Because, I mean, listen, it's, it couldn't go worse for him. So if he does get selected by Ron Francis, who he knows quite well, Not a hey, chance. That's cool, but we all know that it's not going to happen. Nine million dollars a year for the next eight hundred million years. No. Now this does give the um, uh, it gives the Sabers a chance to protect an eighth forward from Seattle. The final two spots came down to Anders Bork, Tage Thompson, and Rasmus Asplund. It looked like it was going to be Bork, Bjork, and As or sorry, Bjork and Thompson that were protected, and Rasmus Asplund might have been a really 
like an interesting thing for Seattle to pick up from Buffalo. Do but, you have uh, the first seven names? Do you have all the I names? Have, there? I don't have that. I, no, uh, okay. uh, basic. Sorry. I, I only had the names that were sort of, it was in, but I can actually pull that up. If you so know. here, I actually, I do. <laughs> oh, baby. I'd love to know the list. It, it's a list. It, so I was talking to good old Dwayne. Dwayne Steinel, because I was trying to figure out what on God's green earth the Buffalo Sabres are doing. Now, if let's assume the Jack Eichel trade happens after Seattle, which I'm now forced to assume that is what's going to happen. They're going to protect. They're going to go seven and three. Okay. They're going to protect Jack Eichel. Obvi. They're not going to protect Jeff Skinner. Kyle Ocpozo. Why would you protect that contract? 33 years old. Um, he's had terrible, terrible luck, terrible luck in general. Six million dollars. You're not protecting that contract. Sam Reinhart, of course you are. Restricted free agent, though. You don't but, have to protect him. Yes, you do. Uh, UFAs, you don't have to protect. RFAs, you do because Seattle could uh, grab Reinhardt and then they could sign him because they'll have his rights through free agency. Right? Someone could offer sheet him still, but he's an RFA. Right? UFAs, you don't have to protect. So the the. Um... The Sam Reinhardt one, he doesn't on cap friendly. He's not checked in green, so you don't have to protect him. No, you do. So he doesn't meet exposure requirements. That's what that means. So you need to have X amount of guys under contract exposed to Seattle. So even so, there's two requirements, right? You have to protect X amount of guys, but also you have to have a certain amount of players under contract. Which is you can't just th- have a bunch of you can't just have like your players protected and everybody else is UFA because then everyone would just right. have everyone expiring right now. The, the the Leafs until they signed Travis Dermott actually did not meet exposure requirements for defensemen. Right. So are, is Buffalo even going to reach the exposure requirements? Uh, yes, yes, they are. Okay. So and and well, this is very interesting, Jesse. So Eichel, I assume obviously Skinner waived. Ocpozo, there's no point protecting him. Sam Reinhart, you protect. Victor Olofsson, you protect. Cody Eakin, one year left, 30, 2.25. I say they don't protect. Zemgus Gergensens, I think they do. Anders Bjork, I mean, they, they better. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Tage Thompson, I think they do. He's only 23. Casey Middlestat, I think they do. He's only 22. And then there's Asplund, who I think they'll leave exposed. And then, the, I mean, the rest of You think Asplund will be? I, no, I think they're going to protect him. So who would you leave unprotected? Thompson? I'm just saying that's what John Vogel tweeted out today. So he so, thinks Thompson will be exposed. Yeah. It's in our latest expansion projection, the final two spots came down to Bjork Thompson and Asplin. Now there are three spots and the Sabres can protect them all. So that's really easy then. So I take out Thompson. They protect middle stat. They protect Asplin. done easy on defense. I protect Rasmus Ristolainen who still does have trade value. Dwayne, thinks he might not uh then their second highest paid defenseman is colin miller i ain't protecting him right uh so then there's jake mccabe who you probably should protect oh no he's a ufa i screwed up no no no. okay 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 sorry sorry <laughs> wrist line and i protect miller i ain't protecting mccabe i don't have to because he's a ufa then there's two rfas dalene and yoki Aryu. now do i meet requirements yes i do the reason I meet requirements is because Colin Miller is under contract and I'm not protecting him. If I do protect him, 
And let's say I leave Yoki Aoryu um, exposed. I no longer meet requirements because I don't have any defensemen under contract exposed. Right. So I take the check off of Miller. I put it on Yoki Aoryu. There you go. Now I meet requirements. And the other interesting thing with Buffalo is uh, the goalie. Oh, so they got to do a little bit of homework, these guys, because you have to protect a goalie and you have to have a goalie exposed. They only have one goalie under contract and it's Dustin Tokarski. (laughs) So you expose Tokarski. You expose what? So you're going to protect an unrestricted free agent? You can technically do that. Yeah, you protect Allmark, and then that's See, it. If yeah, I'm I, them, I think you can technically do that. If I'm them, I am calling Montreal, and we've heard rumors about this. Montreal signed Jake Allen, uh, well traded for, and then signed Jake Allen to an extension for just this reason. But now he's played really well, so they don't want to lose him for nothing. So Bergevin is trying to move him. Jake Allen would be a steadying presence that even if you have Linus Olmark uh, coming back, I'm not, no guarantees that you do, but let's say you do. Let's say you're able to bring him back. Allen Olmark is not a bad pairing to have. And here's a guy that just went to the Stanley Cup final. You're going to have a, a lot of young players in the room. I know goalies aren't like captains or assistants normally, except for Roberto Luongo. But at a certain point, that's kind of cool, right? Like I think, you know, he could bring a lot, manageable contract, short term, and you could probably get him for very little. People are going to look at you sideways for saying Jake Allen in the Stanley Cup final, but he was a significant part of dragging the Montreal Canadiens to the playoffs. Absolutely. Absolutely. He had to hold the fort for a long time. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And it helps, it helps the Habs too, because then they can open up a little more cap space. So it is interesting that the Sabres could potentially be the Swiss bank account for one or two teams because man, they really don't have a ton of guys worth protecting. Even some of the guys we are protecting, if you lose them, ah, well, like that doesn't sink most teams. No, but they're significant pieces of the, and I'm curious about what other teams are worried about losing their second goaltender. Like Habs have got to be one of the only ones, you know, but like you, you gave up so little to get Allen. Like, I understand you're going to hear, I think over the next few days, you're going to hear tons of stories where, ah, we really don't want to lose this guy for nothing because they've probably had trade discussions with this player or they know how good this player is. They know that there's a market for this player. Nothing about your feelings, nothing about those players' abilities is going to change the fact that there is a big, scary monster named the Seattle Kraken hiding under your bed and they're going to eat someone you love. (laughs) For every team, except for Vegas, every single team in this league, 30 teams, they're taking someone. Mm -hmm. And okay, so Montreal hides Jake Allen. They trade him. They get a couple picks back. Then who do they lose? You're still losing somebody. You are, but you probably can have some AHL goaltender under contract, right? You can do something. Like It's like the Leafs. They had Michael Hutchinson under contract for this. No, I mean like... I mean, nope. like, like not even necessarily in net. Like, are they get, then going to lose a forward? Are they going to lose a defender? Everybody is going to lose a decent player who is not worth giving away for nothing. But every team has to give away a player for nothing. That's how this works. I don't know. I like Jake Allen for Buffalo. I think that if they could swing something like that, I like that. It Buffalo should absolutely explore it. Montreal, 
I don't think they end up doing it. Doing it. Really? I don't think mm. they end up doing it. They, well, they're, they they're some... saying the, the rumors out of Montreal is they're looking to trade him. They're calling anyone. I'm sure. But you're going to get shit all if you're the, because again, you're the desperate one. So you're not going to lose him for nothing, but you are going to lose him for close to nothing. But yes. that's the point, right? Yeah. Anything, better than close to nothing's better than nothing. Higher than zero is better than zero. Is that, are we agreed on that? I am. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> are we yeah. agreed on that higher than zero is, is better than zero? I think that's, so they, that's they should yeah. probably shop him. Yeah, they should. Why not? And this is why you hold on to Jack Eichel until the expansion draft is done, by the way. Yeah, because you're not going to lose anybody, and then you're going to make this big blockbuster trade. Hopefully, get a bunch of actual living, breathing human beings who you're not risking losing to the big scary monster under your bed named Seattle. Hmm. Hmm. This. Um, oh my God! This the rest of this month. It's going to be going to be so stupid, <laughs> crazy. Now uh, on the goaltender front, the Leafs have, according to Pierre LeBrun, talked to Frederick Anderson. Uh, it doesn't look like any offers were tendered, but I guess uh, they're talking again. And they're discussing. And it wouldn't make sense to sign him right now anyway, because why would you? Wait till he goes to market, and it looks like he will go to market. Also, it looks like Zach Hyman and the Leafs are super far apart. And I think rightfully so. Like, nobody on this team, I guess Tavares accepted, has taken a a pay cut to play for this team. And I don't think that they should, frankly. I don't think that you should. I think you go after the, the most amount of money that the team will give you. So on that regard, as much as people resent, you know, whatever contracts have been signed by Dubas, that is Dubas's fault. Yeah. That's not hey, the player's fault. Why, why are you signing in Toronto? For a chance to win? Because everyone else is taking a discount? Click. Right. Hang up the phone. Go somewhere better. So if you're Zach Hyman and all of your buddies have not signed at a discount, and this is the height of your value. This is the most you'll ever be worth as a hockey player, and you're going to the open market. Why would you take a salary cut? They really do make me sick. Well, I mean, but don't blame Zach Hyman for it. And actually, no, don't, blame no. the, don't blame the players for signing for it yeah. because they got the offer. When, Fellas, you see all, when you see all the stars not take the discounts and they're like, but, you know, the guy who's the plucky, plucky, hardworking guy, he's going to take the discount. No, screw you. Fellas, this is how it happens this is how it happens people get in this business and they grew up cheering for a team it lasted for me a little bit longer mm-hmm. cheering for the toronto maple leafs and then they slowly drift into i don't cheer for teams i cheer for players and i think i finally get it no, i'll cheer it. i'll cheer for zach hyman go zach hyman team zach hyman i'll, I'll got if i have to i'll get a black jersey with no logo that just says hyman on the back uh, and i'll record. cheer for him wherever he goes uh, I, I got to tell you, real close to the end end of the rope here. Jesse, the Toronto Maple Leafs. You still a Leaf fan? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Me too. Under, Just, I don't under the rope for what, Steve? Yeah. You're never Yo, man. Leafs. Yo, it, them. Like, I hate them. Everything hate goes them. south next year, and Dubis and Keith get fired, and they trade everybody. I'm still gonna be a Leaf fan, and so are you. Right. Just be. Let's let's see who else is up. Who's who's the next Owen Power? You know, like <laughs> like that's I, what I'm an adult. Be. I'm an adult. I don't have time to waste. Uh, I'll still watch hockey, still cheer for hockey. have a great time watching hockey. Um, but the Leafs are uh, uh, becoming a waste of time. What you're hearing. Becoming a waste of time. Dude, they've been 54 years of a waste of time. Sometimes you cheer for a waste of time. 
And that is our, that is our choice. And no, I stand by it. No, when my no ship comes in, no Stephen Dangle, by the way, that's the words of a man who needs a vacation desperately. So don't take Steve at his word right now. August 1st. Holy shit. I can't wait. Uh, I, I have to say, um, I, I, so I was thinking in. about, oh, what's that? I'm in not coming back. No, I'm in not coming back. I, w- I have a question and this is a crazy idea. What is the most valuable asset this time of year for an NHL team? Cap space. Bingo. Now, this isn't going to make me popular. But is this is this it, Adam? Is this what you tease in the group chat? <laughs> no, I don't think. No, no. This, that was the wild thing. Oh. Um, I have a crazy thought, and it may not make sense, but I would like to explore it with you too, if you would indulge me so. What if the Leafs left Morgan Riley unprotected? Stop. Stop. What if? So let's see. For instance, I'd, 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 I'd literally, I'd, I'd, I'd create a Kyle Dubas voodoo doll. <laughs> okay. I'm saying if you roll back the defense that you had last year, the exact same as it was, we're seeing a diminishing role for Morgan Riley. If you want to go out and get Dougie Hamilton, which I think they should, Morgan Riley, yes, it would make more sense to trade him to a team for assets. Yeah. Maybe, I mean, listen, if Duncan Keith could get assets, so could Morgan Riley. Or but, Jake Allen even. But, but Frege made a good point, and he has said this before too. The most important thing in the National Hockey League asset-wise is cap space. And I wonder... Did he say it in the context of losing Morgan Riley for nothing? No, but I, I wonder if... Just it's a crazy idea. Indulge me for a second. No. What kind of flexibility does that give you? Not the ability enough. to go spend your money like a dumbass somewhere Not else. Not enough for it to be worth the storm that would ensue. I promise okay. you I'd never cheer the lease again. If if Morgan Riley was a ten million if he was an eight million dollar player, I think it makes a lot of sense. Hey, we're gonna lose him. We're gonna trade him. Instead of trading him, just lose him to Seattle for free and take the cap space. Okay. But it's only five million dollars. I feel like that's such a tradable asset. You might as well not lose it for free. So th- this is my thing. Then we know that the Toronto Maple Leafs do not trade pending free agents. Did you hear how I was in a good mood five minutes ago? We're n- just Steve? talking about hockey. Hey, like Steve, just talking Steve. hockey with my friend. Hey, hey. And hey. now you bring up the Leafs, and I hate it. So, so here's th- here's the thing. We know that the Leafs do not trade pending UFAs. Oh. What have we seen? Hyman's going to walk. Anderson's probably going to walk. No, we they- saw Van Riemsdyk walk. We saw Bozak walk. We saw all of these players for nothing. Because Correct, Adam. They, they do not the do trade- the things that smart hockey teams do. You're absolutely They right. believe that keeping their players is kind of their trade deadline acquisition. Where, hey, we're going to make this run for the playoffs. We're going to hold on to our guys. And that's our get for the trade deadline. Sick one to day, my stomach. One day, somebody, my stomach. one day somebody's going to do a report on the amount of assets the Leafs could have gathered to support this young team with players they could have traded away a year before they expired. Genuinely. If we've learned anything. Stomach. What's that? I was sick to my stomach. If we've learned anything. I hate, I hate these guys. Hate from watching the Leafs, it's that you should probably do it. You should probably dump right. these guys before. Yeah, from Terry and not Koshin, lose Leafs them for nothing. And, uh, Right. Leafs and Zach Can I just have a fucking conversation here? No, no. Especially considering how in 2019 or 2020, they didn't make the playoffs. 
you know, considering right. at that point in February, hey, you probably should have instead of holding on to everybody and then and not acquiring anybody. If you guys remember that trade deadline, yes. they didn't go after anybody and they didn't trade anybody. Instead of doing that, maybe trade some assets. You still miss the playoffs in the bubble. And then now you have guys heading into this previous season that you have that were under contract that can help boost this team. If, if I had a time machine, I would go back and put clear tape on Curtis McElhinney skates so that Sidney Crosby scores and the Leafs miss the playoffs and Tampa makes it. It might be the worst thing that's ever happened to this franchise. They were, they were 17. Yeah. They thought they were too good before they were good and it set them back. I think a it's, decade. I, I don't think that they did. I think that they had a philosophy of own rentals, which is a bullshit philosophy, unless you've got someone coming off LTIR like Tampa, like with Kucherov. This whole idea that you make your team better by holding on to the same players. No, you make your team the same. Yeah. And at a certain point, you need to trade future uh, current wins for future wins. That's what it's. That's how you have to look at it. And the Leafs have blown opportunity after opportunity after opportunity. What do you think JVR? at the trade line, trade deadline would have been worth. I know they were going to the playoffs. I'm I know there would have been a, a fucking, people would have lost their fucking minds. I'm miserable. I'm invisible. Imagine I can't wait at for the, us to after the David this. Ayers game, the Leafs had, quote, overreacted and moved some of the guys they should have moved. Where would they be? And I know we're playing the what-if game here, but welcome to sports. That's what we do. And I'm ta- trying to figure out That's all the we best have. way forward in a cap is – we, we cannot hang on. And the other thing is, is that, listen, I love Morgan Riley. I love Morgan Riley as much as the next person. Morgan Riley does something spectacularly, and he has some severe limits to his game. His defensive numbers are, in a word, pretty terrible. Mm-hmm. And so he is playing frontline minutes. I have a question. Is a Stanley Cup winning team a team with Morgan Riley as your best defenseman? He was great in the series against Montreal, and it didn't matter. They sucked anyways. Right. So, I, again, I ask you the question. Garbage. Is a Stanley Cup winning team a team with Morgan Riley? Because Morgan Riley, at his best, is not ever going to be Dougie Hamilton. Is not ever going to be Alex Petrangelo. He's not. He's not. So, my point is, even at Morgan Riley's ceiling, going into his prime, which is where he is right now, he is not going to be one of those players. He is what he is. And he's a great player, but is he what they need? And Morgan, I don't think I'm not convinced that he is. I'm just R- not. Riley like, gives it to Hyman, <laughs> gives it to Kadri, <laughs> and I give myself to the the ocean. I think there's a there's a lack of foresight that we've seen from this management team in the last couple of years. What like, are you talking about? They signed Matthews to five and Marner to six. Lack of foresight. What are you talking about? Tavares to uh, seven. What are you talking about? They wa- so, they're walking in a free agency. They walk right. Free so agency. Every, everybody. What are you talking about? They they don't get rid of their pending UFAs. And the guys they they do acquire, like Felino for a first this year, you think like, hey, that first round pick is such a big asset. And we we spent it to lose in the first round. And it seems like there's no there's no building towards the next thing. It's always, hey, what's right in front of us? What's within the next couple months? Then we're going to make deals towards that. And trading Morgan Riley would be a move with a ton of foresight and just looking forward to this team, seeing where we're going to be in the next next year, next couple of years, and getting some value out of that instead of just playing it out like they always do. It would be a terrific deal if they moved him this offseason. Trading him makes sense. They traded Patrick Marlowe 
and a first round pick to Carolina to first get rid of Patrick Marlowe. Just to, uh, to resign Kapanen and Janssen. Would it not have made sense to just suck it up for a year and trade Kapanen and Janssen at that point? No, that would be looking ahead at them. And that's not what this they they, they do. They do and you have a first round pick. They do Physical what's immediate in this moment. So you, so you bring in assets and you have the first round pick instead of keeping the assets that you have and trading your first round pick. No, and Kappen and Janssen, you know, they're going to be great on the this year's Leafs because they're still here and doing great things. So, I mean, uh, it was I'm, definitely I'm worth it. I'm and they weren't fan. worth it. When they re-signed, they were not worth it. No, and I they're could, still here, love, so it's great. I would love to go back to the Michael Hutchinson Saturday night game against the Montreal Canadiens because Babcock's a fucking crazy man and puts Hutchinson in against the Canadiens on a Saturday night at home where Kapanen threw his half stick. This, and uh, you see Max Domi from the bench chirping. I'm saying, Captain, you fucking idiot. Well done. This conversation is the worst thing that's ever happened to me. So, so here's the thing. Asset management was supposed to be the strength of this Leafs management group. And I understand. Not fire him. I understand Ooh. that you can make mistakes along the way. But what I am seeing with this Leafs group now, and I was a big fan of them coming into this. I was, really was. High was, hopes. Was. Is they are not managing the assets properly, and maybe it's time, and maybe it starts with Morgan Riley. As tough as that is, and I'm not saying you leave them exposed necessarily. I'm just saying you got to find a team that'll take them. You do, or you protect them and then trade them afterwards. But the point is, I don't know how you move forward with Morgan Riley because I don't know how you can call yourself a Stanley Cup contender without better without a better defenseman back there. It's not that TJ Brody's not good. It's not that Jake Muzzin's not good. It's not that Justin Hall is at best okay. It's not that Sandine doesn't have some sort of ceiling. We don't know what that is. And Dermot's Dermot. He's other Caleb Jones, apparently. Eastern Conference Caleb Jones. My question to you is, how do you call yourself a contender without an A-plus defenseman? Every team, every team had one. One thing that's that's interesting is that defense wasn't even the problem. No, it wasn't. It is interesting, Jesse. (laughs) Isn't it interesting? Isn't it interesting? What's that movie where Steve Carell jumps out of the passenger seat? That's how I feel right now. I just, I just, I I want to jump out of a moving car just to escape this conversation. I hate them. (laughs) I hate them viscerally. Every time I think of them, they ruin my day. Every time we talk about them, it ruins my day. What is it? I'm Steve? so much. I'm so much more excited to talk about the Minnesota Wild or for fuck's sake, the Buffalo Sabers. We didn't. I didn't react this way when we were talking about the godforsaken, literally, the, the, the Buffalo Sabers. So the defense wasn't the problem. So it's either. Hey, we take from the thing that's working, which I think isn't a bad strategy because they have an excess of defense, plus you can get an asset back, and we add to the thing that wasn't working. So you probably would move Riley for a defense piece plus to bolster the forward group, would you not? I think you move him for assets you can remove. As in like you can, you know, like if you you can go get Dougie Hamilton and then boost the forward core somehow, great. But I don't you wouldn't think, use Riley for the forward I, group because listen, the, the I, I listen. Solid. I think part of the reason I think part of the reason the power play is not good is that it's not good. And I think if you don't change the personnel on that power play and they go into same the next year with the same people, how do we expect a different result? This power play hasn't hasn't clicked literally in about eighteen months. Mm-hmm. Really, 
And we all agree on that, right? It was like Sheldon keeps first 20 games and then all of a sudden it fell off a cliff. Couldn't score against Columbus. Couldn't really score last year on the power play, especially like this past season, especially towards the end. Could not do it against Montreal. Now, other teams had problems with that too. But the Leafs have enough money up front, you would expect that. I am saying, can you see a Stanley Cup win from a team with Morgan Riley as its best defenseman? And I don't think I can. Adam Bud, let me save you a lot of time. Okay. Here, I'm ready to join the conversation now. Okay. Let me save you a bunch of time. What the Leafs need is uh, the, the Leafs currently are not good enough to win. Is That's that what correct. You're That's what I'm saying. That's what you're saying. Which means they need change. Correct. That's right. Significant change, would you say? Well, they haven't significantly changed anything. And we've had first round, first round, not made the playoffs, first round, first round. So you agree they need significant change? Yeah, I would agree. I would think. Yeah. Kyle Dubas has already verbally committed to no significant change. We can and we will. He's going to go down with his guys, rightly or wrongly. In this spring, he will either be right or fired. That's it. We can and we will. I suppose we'll see. Because he ain't blowing up that core. I don't think he's trading Riley, bro. They're going to win with this group or get fired trying. What's the narrative if they win? Let's say they win two rounds next playoffs. What are, Kyle, what are we sitting here saying? Kyle Dubas stared death in the face and didn't blink. Totally. But like, we have he, every he, right at this point to doubt it. Yeah, exactly. Yes. Look, bro, right? like anybody, that, anybody that brings this up a year from now and goes, are you fucking idiots? I knew all along. No, you didn't. Right. Five, five years in a row and they can't get past the okay. seventh game of the first round? You didn't know shit. Here's why I won't feel bad, okay, if I the won't. Leafs win the cup next year. First of all, they will have won the cup. Not feeling bad if they win the cup. <laughs> Second of all, the vast majority of people agree with me whether they're brave enough to say it out loud or not. And the people who don't, don't for any particular reason, it's just blind faith. It's just blind loyalty to the Toronto Maple Leafs. You don't think they're good because of anything you've seen. You think they're good because you think the team that you cheer for is good. But right now, all the evidence is they're in deep, deep shit. So if they win next year, it'll be because of something I ain't seen. They're in deep mediocrity, which is the worst. It's the worst. It's torture. Win it, win every division you want. Does anyone care that the president's trophy winning Vancouver Canucks won the president's trophy and then lost in the first round after going to the finals? I don't think anyone cares. No one cares. Vancouver doesn't care. Boo. Well, that's nice. Boo. So it's it, what I'm saying is I'm trying to find solutions for this team. I don't know if you expose Riley. Maybe that's crazy. Probably is. But I think you got to move him. I think you've learned from all of these players that have left that if you don't go get the value back for these players, you lose it. And there's no getting it back. You lose it. And don't allow it to go into next season where it's like, like so for a lot of people, it be like, okay, for James Van Riemsdyk, man, he's coming off a 30-goal season. 40. And, we're, and, and you can't trade him. Was it 40? Oh, yeah. yeah. So you can't trade him at the trade deadline, like I mentioned earlier. You actually have to trade him in the season, like the previous offseason. So that way you don't go into the season with them. You move. 
Get on that. Get it out of the way. Coming up with 40 goal a year, what would he have gotten? 36, 36 goals. 36? Holy shit. It's it's just that would have been a way. haul and a half. It's oh. not the way they operate, man. It's not the oh. way they operate. It's a smart thing to do. I agree. Your idea is good. It's not the way they operate. A um, couple of news and notes uh, before we get into the press conference here. Sergey Fedorov is the new head coach of CSKA Moscow. Now, Steve, you're our resident KHL expert. And, and, and really, the KHL operates a lot more like, I know they have a salary cap, question mark, mm. but they operate a lot more like the EPL where there is no salary cap and it's just sort of the same. These same three teams seem to win each year. It's weird. They don't have cap friendly. They have paper bags. It's a little different. So why is this a big deal? And why is CKSA Moscow a big CSK. deal? CSK. Uh, well, that's Central Red Army. Um, or at least it's the new version, right? So uh, anyone who's roughly our age probably had those packs of hockey cards. And every now and then you got a, a Russian one from the Super League and you were like, ooh, neat. Um, and they were probably from two teams. The blue one is Dynamo Moscow. The red one is CSKA Moscow. Um, both teams still exist. Dynamo Moscow, uh, you might remember them from the lockout shortened season where they had a first line of Alexander Ovechkin, Nicholas Backstrom, and you guessed it, Leo Komarov. Uh, <laughs> CSKA Moscow, uh, who is also incredibly good, um, was the home of Alex Radulov for a very long time. Um, I don't I think know... Tarasenko played there too in the lockout. I think I've got his jersey, right? Tarasenko was SKA. Oh, so this is, the, this is the confusion. Um, so there's CSKA and there is SKA. SKA plays in St. Petersburg, the capital. Uh, CSKA plays in Moscow. Um, Sergey Fedorov, yes. So he is now the head coach of the team that he used to play for from 1986 to 1990. So he played there, uh, was drafted by the Red Wings, in uh, 89, he's been a big part of the uh, Russian hockey program. And uh, like Valery Bragan has been the head coach of basically all things Russia for a very long time. And at some point, uh, you're going to need to go to the new guard. And by new guard, I mean 51-year-old um, <laughs> Sergei Fedorov, but Bragan's 65. Mm -hmm. At some point. He's eventually going to call it quits. At some point, he's going to retire. Um, and Fedorov is a known name, beloved name, Hockey Hall of Famer. Uh, good for him. Hope he has success. Um, and I think lastly here, we should mention this. Brent Sopel, in an interview with Rick West, head of TSN, uh, said that um, almost every player and coach on the 2010 team was aware of the allegations of sexual misconduct leveled by former Blackhawks players against former video coach Brad Aldrich. So that interview, if you'd like to read it, is available. Um, you can find it on the TSN Hockey account. Um, again, he keeps up. Story keeps going. Now, what is interesting about this, and I, want, I do want to bring particular attention to this, we do know that the NHL has hired a firm to do their own negotiation. We also know that the we're pretty sure anyway, at least these are the rumors. I'm not sure if this has been confirmed yet, that the player is not certain or cert or does not want to participate in that particular, um, in that particular uh, 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 investigation. investigation. 
I read that and, as well. And you can understand from the player's perspective why they wouldn't. And after a decade of not doing anything, and after a little bit of public pressure and me finally you know, putting this out there, oh, now you want to bring in a third party. And who's the third party paid for? Now, we've mentioned before that a, a, you know, a legal institution, a, a, you know, a law group, you know, they're going to get these cases based on their reputation. So it's in the... Um, uh, in that in that particular group's best interest to be as fair and as open as possible. The question I have about this is how much of this, since the NHL is paying for it, will make it to the public? Because they, if forgive me if if I'm wrong here, but I don't believe that they've said we'll share every detail. And if I am. It doesn't mean it doesn't mean the lawyers on the floor here aren't trying to do a good job because the lawyers who are doing the investigating, they don't get paid by the, the, the NHL. They get paid by the firm. The firm gets paid by the NHL. But if I'm the player, I don't trust the NHL's money in this. If uh, I'm the player, the only way I can trust the NHL's money and sincerity, frankly, in this is if they say, we'll print everything. We'll put everything out there. Once the investigation's done, we'll put the findings out there. We'll put the evidence out there. This is what we got. And I have not seen that. And if you're the NHL and you're Gary Bettman and you are a lawyer yourself, why would you do that? Just going to make the league look bad. Now, you and I, people would say, well, you put it out there because it's for the betterment of the league and the betterment of, of things like this. But the first allegiance in this case is to the NHL. It's not to the player. It's not to the cause. So it'll be very interesting to see how that unfolds. If I am the player, that is my ask. And imagine how valid is this third-party investigation going to be if the player who was assaulted, allegedly assaulted, we have to say that, the player who filed the complaint, filed the lawsuit, if they won't participate. Kind of sucks the validity out of it, doesn't it? Kind of makes it hard to take it all that seriously if he won't answer questions. So it's a, it's a very complex situation. And obviously too, we know that um, the Blackhawks, there was a, um, a story last week about the black, a, a, a player from, I believe it was Michigan, Steve. Uh, we were tweeting about it. Um, uh, yeah. So basically sued the Blackhawks organization um, because Bradley Aldridge moved on from them to, I believe it was Michigan state. And, this player was then assaulted by University Bradley. of Miami at University. Ohio. That's what it was. Sorry, my apologies. So that particular player is suing the Blackhawks because they're saying, hey, listen, you guys, not only did you not report this, but you moved him on so he could get other nice jobs, nice cushy jobs elsewhere. And there have been, sorry, well, sorry. Oh, no. I think you were about so, to say it. Well, the question is, did they give him a letter of recommendation? That is the question. And this comes down to fiduciary responsibility. If, okay, so fiduciary responsibility in, in a nut, nutshell, if you never heard of it, is, is this. You have a responsibility. So if Steve and I start a business together and Jesse Blake goes, hey, okay, Adam, come here. Here's what I want you to do. I know you're running the financial side of Steve and your business. Why don't you funnel a bunch of money to me illegally? And we'll hide it. And, uh, and then we'll walk away and Steve won't know what happened. He'll be broke. We'll be rich. It'd be great. Okay. Imagine that was the case. 
Steve could then come after me, also come after Jesse, because I didn't keep up. And this is a very basic way of explaining this. My fiduciary responsibility was to Steve. My responsibility was to take care of Steve. If we have a partnership, that's, our, that's my responsibility. The Blackhawks have a responsibility in giving, if this letter was given, a letter of recommendation to another organization. They have a, 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 a uh, they have a responsibility, or you can argue that they do, depending upon Illinois law and, and whoever else's districts in this. They have a responsibility to say, "Hey, we've had this complaint filed with this individual," because what it does, especially in a school situation, is it opens up a whole can of worms of could this person repeat this offense? And if they didn't do that, then they are partially responsible here. But the Blackhawks are saying we're not responsible for this person. The letter of recommendation is in, uh, apparently it's in doubt, or at least they're trying to cast some doubt on it. I don't know who has this letter of recommendation, but that's what was reported originally with Rick, I believe with Rick West. On whether or not it exists? Yes. Wow. So they're trying to cast doubt on everything. Because that's what, that's what the lawyers for the Hawks will do throughout this entire thing. You should expect that. The accusation has been levied that everyone in the Blackhawks knew. Hmm. I believe Carcillo... Daniel Carcillo confirmed that. I believe Brent Sopel confirmed that. Mm-hmm. But Jonathan we should, Taves, we I th- believe those people. Yeah, right. But Jonathan Taves, I believe, said something. That's what I was looking for just a couple of minutes ago, but I couldn't find it. And Duncan Keith recently was asked by Mark Lazarus on his way out about it, and he said he didn't know anything. Paraphrasing. So if everybody knew, but some people are saying they didn't know. That's a problem. Yeah. And what muddies the water even more is you are having some players who don't still have st- skin in the game saying, well, I knew. Yeah. Look at the players who still have skin in the game. What are they saying versus the players who don't? Nick Boynton yeah. is also in there too. An active NHL player saying something here would be enormous, and I just don't think it's going to happen. No. And also, I think the, the, the other problem is, is that like, there may be a certain degree of guilt that goes along with that. You know, whether you mm-hmm. knew or you didn't, if you did know and you didn't say anything or you did say something, or let's say you're part of the leadership group there. Sopel was, you bring it to the coach, the coach is supposed to put it up to the next level. That's supposed to be how it goes. The chain of events goes. But if you're a player and it's been that long and people are going to start to ask questions. If you knew, why wasn't this pushed further? Right? And and again, I, I want to know what I want to know what the PA knew. I want to know what management, I want to know what management know. I want to know what Bergevin, Quinville, Bowman, Shevel Dayoff. I want to know what they knew. This is just beginning. Just beginning. There's going to be a lot of conflicting reports out there. There's going to be a lot of Lawyers filing for dismissal, by the way, every single thing that happens here, you should expect that the Hawks are going to file for some sort of, I'll throw this out, there's nothing here. Because lawyers sometimes know they're going to lose a battle, but hey, what what the heck, let's try anyway. So there's going to be a lot of that. Don't read too much into it. We'll see where this story goes, but it's going to be very, very interesting. I imagine what's going to happen. This will not be successful in court, but as Elliot Freeman has said, we need an answer as to what happened, regardless of what happens legally. Mm-hmm. We need an answer. We need an explanation. And when it is unsuccessful in court, 
the Blackhawks are simply going to say it's done. Once again, it's going to be on everyone to keep it going. To keep the pressure on. If it didn't, okay, it, let's say it didn't happen. If it didn't happen, explain how it didn't happen. Explain. Explain specifics. And they it's won't. gross, man. They won't. It's gross. Yeah, that's a great word for it. It's very gross. And with that, let's get to the press conference. If I was the managing editor of sportsnet.ca, I would be pulling out my cell phone and calling up the Pulitzer Prize office. I think Pulitzer Surprise should be the new name. Pulitzer Surprise. There's too many P's and S's and R's. It's a chocolate egg, and when you crack it open, there's a book. The Pulitzer Kinder Surprise offices, because uh, Mark Spector... He he got to his keyboard and he spun some of the most magical writing you will ever read on sportsnet.ca. And I just want to read it to you guys Let's hear so it. that it's out there in the universe. Have you, have you read this? Is this about Duncan Keith? It is about Duncan Keith. I have read this article. I just uh, We're just going to read the first two sentences and we're going to leave it there. Mark Spector said, it's hip to hate on the Duncan Keith deal. Tragically, the only hip going on in my world is coming out of my Bluetooth speaker. <laughs> That's a very Mark Spector thing to write. <laughs> oh, man. That's, that's, I feel like you guys should know that. Man. I really hope he wrote that while watering his lawn. Some people... Uh, I love it. I love uh, it. Some people have tried to make the argument to me, and, and I, I get this argument to a point where the Duncan Keith trade was made because you get a good player with pedigree, blah, 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 and the real money paid to him is only like $3.3 million for the next two seasons if yeah. he plays them both. Yeah. And maybe you get cap recapture, whatever. That's that's cool. That's great. Um, and I was saying, like, listen, if Nick Letty's available, go get Nick Letty. Why would you get Duncan Keith? Not that Duncan Keith can't play, but that dollar amount's a lot. And people are saying, well, listen, it's an easy sell to the owner. And Mark Spector makes that point in his piece. It's an easy sell to the owner to say, we're getting this guy at $2 million less than his cap hit. So we don't have to spend as much this year. And I, I, I know, um, and I, Satchel Price was in my, uh, in my mentions about this. And, and a lot of people will say, like, listen, million, billionaires get to be billionaires because they're not willy-nilly spending millions. Um, I don't necessarily agree with that. I don't give a uh, shit. Are they better? Exactly. And beyond that, it's not my I, money. I'm Are still they better? Struggling. I'm still struggling with the fact that the suggestion is being made that uh, the guy that owns Rexall, which is a drugstore in Canada and the United States, that he, and by the way, Daryl Cates turned Rexall around. It was struggling. It was not doing well. He bought it, turned it around. It's doing extremely well, was never locked down during the pandemic. So it was open the entire time. And drugstores make good money anyway. You want to tell me that the owner of Rexall needs to save $4 million over the next two years on the Oilers? Dude, you know what I often That's say? That's a tough sell, man. And I, I, I understand people are like, well, how do you think he got to be a billionaire? He got to be a billionaire because he was a brilliant businessman and turned around Rexall. It's you're not because he's, he's, he cut a couple million dollars from his, from his Oilers salaries. You're why thinking you money. Oilers? You're and, thinking and if, money. If money was even the thing, why do you have... Gretzky and Messier and coffee and all these guys on staff for half a million bucks. Why don't you cut them? Not we Gretzky don't have Gretzky anymore. anymore. Yeah. Not anymore. Oh, sorry. Not Gretzky. That's right. You're thinking money. Gretzky's a TV man. You're TV, thinking money. TV guy. What is, what is, 
often my number one criticism of Kyle Dubas. He, He's too beautiful. Lo- he is beautiful. Loves his guys. Mm-hmm, he does. Hockey Canada loves their guys. Absolutely loves them. And the, the Oilers are, hockey Canada. are flooded. Like, they're just flooded. It's because Mr. Nicholson ran it for 18 decades. Yeah, and I mean, I mean, Canada tends to do pretty well at hockey. There are, uh, you know, perhaps worse people who could be infiltrating your organization. But Duncan Keith is is a big old Hockey Canada guy. And I think Ken Holland said, that's my guy. Okay. He's been, this is not the first time Ken Holland has been Duncan Keith's general manager. Hey, Jesse, are the hip playing out of your Bluetooth speaker? <laughs> you know, Adam, it's hip to hate on that deal, but the only hip coming. <laughs> on a scale of, well, this is from uh, Tyler on Twitter. On a scale of one to 10, how funny is it that Montreal will be paying cap overages penalties next season because of their playoff bonuses and the Lightning will not be? <laughs> that is kind of funny. That is kind of funny. Deece. <laughs> that's uh boy they gotta fix that man <laughs> they gotta what? fix it the just how no the they don't works. no no they don't no they don't no right. Tampa just figured right. it out everybody if you're if you're the kind of person who tweets 18 million over the cap no no you're mad that your team did not figure yeah. it out the blackhawks did it too the blackhawks did it and they yes. all up and the nhl had the opportunity to fix it and they didn't because it doesn't really matter and tampa did it again and it worked it just seems like the only way to illegally spend over the cap is rookie and performance bonuses. But LTIR, oh, f- fill your boots. You want to trade for a ghost? You want to, you know, put this guy? You want to get this guy some extra rehab? Like, that's no problem. But Zdeno Chara playing a certain amount of games puts you in overage. <laughs> that's f- that's stupid. That doesn't make. That I that that seems very silly to me that the Washington Capitals will have their cap cut into because a forty four year old played a certain amount of games. Steve, here's something that's not stupid. It's from Dominic on Twitter. Okay, <laughs> we'll be the decider of that. Yeah. Thank you very much. Dominic writes for Steve Zoo Corner. His favorite animal to interact with and why. Also, if you have a least favorite to interact with. Uh, least favorite. Hmm. hmm. This will be interesting. I, uh, uh, well, the least favorite is very easy. Camel. Very easy. The Canadian goose. Oh. Well, yeah, now, they're, they're, they're not because they have to be though, right? Like they don't keep them there. They literally just live there. <laughs> yeah. And they live there because it's Canada. And they're assholes. And they, in the spring, so shortly after exams in university, I would, I would start there in the spring at the Toronto Zoo. And every year they made a nest somewhere super inconvenient. Like we're we're talking right in the front, like in front of the restaurant. Mm -hmm. They would make a nest and they would get aggressive and they would attack somebody. (laughs) Every I got bit by a goose when I was a kid, when I was like five. Um, They're assholes. Canadian geese are off. <laughs> that freak. <laughs> that 
Like I, I got dive bombed. I had to run with Iggy and Charlie. One on they're cowards. I had one one on the other arm, Iggy on the other, and we ran from a dive bombing Canada Goose because they made a nest outside of like a pet store. Their what they consider to be their land is so broad and it just makes it impossible to coexist. They're dicks. They're aggressive assholes in every spring. Once the summer comes, if you get in their space, they might give you a couple snilich and then just fly away and leave you alone. In the spring, when they're guarding their nests and their eggs, you eat shit. It is war. It is war and they want nothing to do with you except for you to die. That's it. That's all a Canada goose wants. They're assholes. Favorite... Um, another, uh, bird will go near the top of the list, the peacock. Oh, because I got so good at a peacock call that they would come to me. Can you do it? <coughs> oh, that's a peacock. Oh my God. Peacock. Okay. Do that again. <coughs> I had a lot of time to kill. <laughs> I got so good at the peacock call that, that it's, it's every now and then like a, a customer would come up to me. This, this, this really happened. A customer would come up to me and go, sir. And I go, don't call me that. And they, they go, Oh, sorry. Look at my name tag. They go, Steve, <laughs> I don't mean to alarm you. The peacock escaped. And what they didn't realize is the peacocks just roam the Toronto zoo. And they would often like, just like fly out of the zoo grounds. They would be in the neighboring farms. No way. Oh yeah. You're walking and there's just peacocks with you. And there's just peacocks. That's awesome. There's just peacocks. And, and they, and they don't fly into the wrong pen where they get eaten. Uh, well, Adam, yeah, I don't do know they go, Do they go sit with the elephants? <laughs> like They could the peacocks easily, flew in with a polar bear. They could. Yeah. Hypothetically, they could get into another enclosure. Yes. And I did hear it. I heard a story the, the zoo is full of urban legends. And I don't know if I don't have confirmation if any of them are true, but there was a story about a deer. Oh, which pen lion. Oh, you talk about, oh. you talk about losing the lottery. Imagine you're a deer in Canada and you get eaten by a lion. <laughs> Do you know what the odds of that are? To be on this continent. Yes. The mathematical. <laughs> imagine being a deer and like imagine a, a universe where deers have Google so they know what lions are. Mm -hmm. well, imagine not knowing what they are and you jump into a pen and this place is great. There's grass, there's food, there's a water source. And what the fuck is that and you don't even get to finish the sentence you're dead and your buddy looking up is like hey or looking down like, don't worry we don't really have any natural predators here anyway yeah because like how many predators do they really have in southern ontario a few coyotes maybe a pack of wolves when was the last time you saw bmws yeah bmws <laughs> well yeah sorry the number we, one sorry i hit the deer i was trying to pass someone like an asshole yeah. <laughs> Number one predator of the deer in Canada is the BMW. Yeah, for sure. Um, second is apparently a lion. But anyway. <laughs> <At the zoo. laughs> Can you imagine being the guy that has to clean that up? Oh, like no. you want to clean up. It's a real murder scene. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like that is, that's a bad day. What are those bones doing there? Yeah. You know? yeah so clean I, that's an urban legend. I don't know if it's true, but uh, someone would go, sir, the peacock escaped. 
Mm-hmm. And, and and I would go, no, actually, we we let the peacocks roam free. Uh, the colorful ones are the males. The not so colorful ones are the females. I'd give them my little zoo facts or whatever, because that is the sort of thing that can be what my boss called a positive defining moment. So the 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 tourist who comes up to you and is like the peacock escape. Are they thinking like, hey, no one has noticed the peacock is roaming around except for me? Am I the only one? <laughs> Jesse, we, we got I am the two. main character here. I, I'm, this is my job to go tell the people <laughs> that there's a peacock here because no one else can see this peacock. Jesse, like, the Toronto Zoo got, I think it was 2 million visitors a year. And you'd be amazing the people, you'd be amazed the people you meet. <laughs> so yes, some okay. people did genuinely think, I know there's hundreds of people in this courtyard right now, but none of them have realized the bright blue and green bird <laughs> with its feathers like th- it's the size of a lawnmower. Right. And, and there's no hundreds one's realized of employees it. standing right there. Right. Yeah. Okay. So, Anyways, so the customer will walk up to me, sir, the peacock escaped. No, they haven't. <laughs> and then I tell them a couple peacock facts and they go, really? That's interesting. I go, yeah. And watch this. And the peacock, no word of a lie would like it would it would be like pecking at something on the ground it would hear my call and then like stick its head up like what and a few times they actually came over to investigate so i got so good at the peacock call that i could actually get their attention and draw yeah. them over to me and then you guys could, kissed could you get them to <laughs> did you uh no the, did you kiss no? the pe- peacock yeah, yeah. no did i did you, not kiss the did peacock. you throw that ass steve <laughs> I throw that, throw that ass, ass in a circle. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, "Hey, peacock!" And I did my little elbow dance, and it was like, "Damn!" And its feathers went up like that. I just made the sound of the dinosaur from Jurassic Park. We'll ignore that. Yeah. But um, yeah, the the peacocks were wonderful. Obviously, I got to feed the camels. Me and them were tight. Shout out Scoodles. Um, but I I always say the um, was it the lion tailed? Is that what it's called? The lion tailed macaque which is just a that's a name it's really good but it's a this little golden uh i don't know monkey and it would like play with like sticks and stuff and like they were so like i don't know like advanced like like they knew how to use tools and they interacted with with you if you like made faces at it or whatever it was cool they were very often the ones where we had to go please do not shove stuff in the enclosure Oh, because, yeah, people will be like, yeah. Well, because they're fun to interact with, and then kids see them, and they try to pass things through. and Yeah. Bad well, bad call. A bad call. Bad yeah. call. But, like, very little, very fun, very playful. Always did like them. Uh, breaking news, by the way. In Toronto, this is a big deal. If you're in the States, this does not mean uh, a big deal for you. Uh, TFC will be back and playing home games as of July 17th and July 21st. Uh, fans and media will be in attendance, and is I believe it's up to. Saturday? F- uh, yeah, I believe it's up to fifty thousand, or sorry, fifteen thousand outside. Uh, a lot of people are saying, "Great, now do the Jays." Um, I think the Jays thing is only a little bit more complicated because Toronto Stadium is not an outdoor stadium all the time. You'd have to have the roof open. From for what I understand, anyway, you'd have to have the roof open every game. There would have to be game. rain delays. Toronto would be subject to rain delays, which they usually are not. Right. Yeah. yeah. So. Be curious to see uh, how that plays out, but it's a good step for us. Very excited. I think I'll go see a TFC game in the next week, boys. I'm pretty excited about that. So that'll that'll be good times. No, I'm going to stay in my home. <laughs> I got used to it. Okay. 
All right, fine. <laughs> you do I'm that. Joking. I'm joking. Please let me out. Um, yeah, so this would be really, really great. Anyway, uh, congrats to them. We're going to wrap it up unless, Jesse, you've got one more you want to do. We're all wrap? good. Wrap it. We're going to wrap. By the way, we'll be back in 48 hours with, I'm sure, some other crazy-ass news. Saturday at 4 o'clock, I believe, is the you have to submit everything by this time. So we're going to hear more and more rumors leading up to that. And what's so great, or is it 5 p.m.? Some people uh, have, have been asking if the lists are public. They are not public, but that doesn't mean that people in the media can't get reports and sneak out the lists. And I bet you Cap Friendly will have them all. They'll just not a pot them. of coffee, Fridge. Yeah. Cap, on Cap Friendly Christmas, I think is what it is. And it'll be very fascinating to see uh, how this all goes. But what's great is we have a show Friday right before it all happens on the Saturday. And then we have a Monday show right after it all happens. And I think it's going to be like, this is going to be one of the most exciting weekends in hockey. Even if no trades are made, just finding out the list for all 31, 30 teams, excuse me, because Vegas is exempt. This is going to be fun. A lot of fun. Can't wait. No, I didn't even think about it. Vegas is a good team to trade with, eh? You want to get assets for something? They don't have to expose anything. Anyway, we'll see you Friday. Bye. The Steve Dangle Podcast. Follow the guys on Twitter at Steve underscore Dangle, at Adam W-Y-L-D-E, and at Jesse Blake. Connection complete.